Hi, uh, welcome to the New Voting Project. Uh, my name is Kanal, your host. And today we are very honored to have Sarah Bryant on the show. Uh, no relation to Kobe Bryant. Just want to make that very clear to the viewers, although that would be really cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you are the Director of Outreach at Georgetown Votes, um, also a fellow at the Andrew Goodman Foundation and Vote Everywhere. You are a student and senior at Georgetown University, which is great. So you're almost graduating and you're at the School of Foreign Service. So thank you so much for, for taking the time to be here with us today. I know college yeah. students are super busy, but thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me and for the, the great introduction. I'm excited to, to be on the show today. Of course. All right. So let's get into these questions. Um, just basics, you know, for an introduction wise, talk a little bit about your background, um, you know, what your aspirations are, how's school going? You know, that that's that should be a pretty, pretty nice, easy question to start <laughs> off with, something like that. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So um, just a little about me. I am from Nashville, Tennessee, um, lived there all growing up. And then, of course, as you said, came to Georgetown now for college, um, was always pretty interested in politics, but had no idea what I wanted to do with that. So um, ended up here in the School of Foreign Service, and I'm a major in international politics, mm. with a minor in Latin American studies. So doing a bit of everything here um, in the SFS. But like you said, I'm a senior. I'm really close to graduating, which is crazy. Writing a thesis this year, it's been a lot of work, but a really exciting time because I think what's so great about college and especially for me, College Georgetown, is it's really given me a chance to explore so many things that I'm interested in and also to get a lot of really practical skills for whatever it is I do next. I'm, I'm particularly interested in international development, um, but, you know, we'll see where that ends up. Um, like I said, I do have a passion for politics right here in the U.S. as well. So getting a bit of that foreign policy, um, but with everything I've gotten to work on in college as a member of GU Votes, um, the voting rights group on campus, it's gotten me really interested just in activism generally, which I think being able to do that here in the university setting has prepared me so well for whatever it is I do next. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just answered a whole bunch of questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds great. No, I'm I'm glad that you know, college, I've been told, see, I'm not, I'm still a high school senior. Uh, I've been told is, is an amazing place to get involved and, and active in your community. And the fact that yeah. you did Georgetown votes, I mean, that's great. Encouraging college students to start that habitual cycle is something we talk about on this show all the time. So thank you so much for that. Um, and on that note, let's talk about the work that you've done with, with Georgetown votes, you know, kind of run through what the organization does, what you specifically do for them, the roles and responsibilities, um, and the core values you're trying to amplify at Georgetown. Yeah, absolutely. So just a little background on GU Votes itself. So it, the group was actually founded in 2016 in advance of that election by some students on campus just with the goal of getting, I, th I think they, they said a number, they wanted like 2,000 GU Votes, which was 2,000 students who were going to pledge to vote and they would know would go out into the election. For context, our university is pretty small. We're about 7,000 undergrads. So it wasn't like a super ambitious school, but they just, they knew there was nothing like that on campus. And they saw a need for students who were really passionate about making sure their peers knew um, to go out and vote and that would they would be really engaged in the election. So since then, um, the group has definitely grown a bit in what we do. Um, our just general mission, we're, we're a nonpartisan student-led initiative working to enhance the voting culture at Georgetown by simplifying the voting process increasing turnout rates among students, and directly integrating voter registration into the university ecosystem. So with that, it kind of 
I like to say there's kind of two sides to it. Because on one side, we do, you know, direct work with students in terms of voter education. We might have events where we bring speakers on different issues about voting. Um, but then at the same time, we do a lot of advocacy just at the university level. So working with campus administration to make sure that we're making it as easy as possible for students to vote. So making sure that the university provides resources, whether that's um, having our voting portal linked on the main student website where students register for classes and do everything else, or whether that's having official emails sent out to every student about how to vote in the upcoming election. So we do a little mix of everything. And I was lucky enough to get involved with GeoVotes um, as early as my freshman year. I was a freshman in the fall of 2018. So there were midterm elections happening that fall. Right. Um, and I just got involved volunteering at one of their voter registration drives. So, I mean, I think that just goes to show, like, you might start with just a little thing. I was just sitting at a table helping register students to vote. And I was like, hey, this is really awesome. Um, I, I want to do more. I want to get more involved. So um, we just, we have rotating leadership. And so eventually I was able to apply and then um, we came into my current role as director of outreach, which basically means I help with our outreach to different student groups. So forming those partnerships um, with other student organizations, um, as well as campus administration, like I said, so those different offices. Um, and I think you mentioned like, you know, what what some of our core values are. Um, and I'd say that a lot of it stems from, you know, this stereotype that we see. I mean, it happens about high schoolers, it happens about college students. People say, oh, you know, youth are so cynical, they're they're apathetic, they don't turn out to vote in elections. And it's true, youth do have historically lower turnout rates than older voters, but it do that's we're like, this isn't because youth don't care. Youth are really passionate about different issues, but there's a lot of either one, barriers to actually getting to the polls and casting your vote, yeah. or two, messages that people are receiving that say your vote doesn't matter, it's not gonna make a difference. Mm -hmm. um, so we really wanna counter that on campus by creating a culture around voting and around the importance of voting. Um, a couple other things that are important to us, we do see voting as a nonpartisan issue. So we work with college Dems, we work with college Republicans, and it's really awesome, especially when we do voter registration drives, um, to have students come together from both sides of the political spectrum, because we know it's so important that despite how politicized voting rights is, um, we do want to hopefully be able to mo mobilize students from whatever political position they're coming from on our campus. Um, and so that's really where we're coming from happy to answer more questions about the specifics of our work, but we're really just um, here to support students in whatever ways we can um, and create that long-term commitment from the university to promote student voter engagement. Right. Yeah, no, I'm glad it's a, it's a nonpartisan initiative, right? Because we see it's such a partisan divisive issue now on specifically one side of the aisle that, that are passing, mm -hmm. you know, voter restriction laws and oppression on certain minority communities. So it, it's great to hear that college students involved at any level of the spectrum, right? Because it's absolutely overloaded at this point. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> come together um, and, and, and discuss and, and, and vote. Of course, that's that's the goal to, to get out and vote. Um, mm -hmm. And you had mentioned this kind of, this organization came to fruition, you know, post or you know within the 2018 midterms that's when you got activated but it was started back in 2016 yeah. i myself was activated in 2016 i started watching the news it was like what the you know yeah yeah some things that definitely changed that year absolutely a yeah. lot of us what lessons do you think you learned from the 2020 elections obviously you know hyperpolarization once in a century pandemic you're online learning 
you're voting top to bottom for presidential down ballot initiatives. Everything was crazy, right? What are, what lessons could you draw from that year and from your work at, at GU Votes? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 2020, the 2020 election really, I think, from the GU Votes perspective, tested us in a lot of ways because we were very excited going in. 2020, you know, the year started for all of us so strong. We were very excited about ramping up everything for for Super Tuesday and then going into the actual um, elections in November. And then, of course, with the COVID pandemic, everything, it changed for everyone. And for us, it meant that we were entirely virtual that semester. So our usual strategies of like hold a voter registration drive, like go table at different places on campus, you know, it's not going to be the same as it was before. And it forced us to get really creative. And I think one thing that was good about that, so a challenge that we have here, um, or that we have at Georgetown, especially when students are all physically in D.C., is that D.C., of course, is not a state, doesn't have representatives, and, you know, D.C. statehood is a whole nother issue I could get into. Yeah, so that's a separate voting right issue. That's just a, a separate podcast. podcast. Yeah, that's just exactly. a separate podcast. Yeah. But because of that, a lot of Georgetown students choose to register to vote at their permanent address. So I'm registered in Tennessee, even though I'm here as a Georgetown student on campus in D.C., Um, And so we really have to do outreach for all 50 states and especially with students then being at home to vote. um, It really, you know, we were trying to figure out how do we get accurate and timely information, especially with all the new restrictions regarding COVID. Um, We ended up, long story short, partnering with with a campus office to send state specific emails to every student saying this is your state's deadline. Here's what changed because of COVID. So a lot of it was just that information gathering. But I think what we really learned, too, was that forming partnerships with groups that like aren't explicitly political or that you might not think of as the usual groups being involved in like politics was really important. Like we had a partnership with campus athletics Mm -hmm. um, and the athletics teams got into this whole competition saying who can get to 100% voter registration on their teams. And it was super fun. So I mean, to translate that into a non-college campus setting, I think it's, you know, when we think about mobilizing voters and engaging voters, it's not just the people who are, you know, already involved in a political group or already engaged, which those are obviously the easiest people to work with. But really, when we had to get creative and really think outside the box of like how we were working with different groups, like that was super important. I think just more generally too, like you mentioned, like the levels of polarization that were such a challenge in 2020, we really saw the importance of like one, using like local, like very trusted networks to combat misinformation. Because, you know, on a college campus, we are a very liberal campus, so I don't think we had as many challenges with that, but just being at home and in my home community of Nashville, I definitely saw like the challenges in terms of um, helping people be able to trust that the election was legitimate, that it was going to have legitimate results. Um, and just having those conversations on an individual level with people um, to try to communicate with them was a huge challenge. And then also ha- just having spaces to facilitate like those conversations across partisan divides was something that we tried to do a bit, um, not necessarily GU votes, but just other groups on campus tried to facilitate. And I do think it was a really important thing, but like you said, I mean, 2020 really emphasized, I think all of those challenges and I don't have all the answers, but it definitely was like a very, a very useful time, I think, to challenge ourselves to really think like all these new things we would usually use as the tools of voter engagement might not work anymore. And what do we go, where do we go from here? And I think that innovation like is here to stay in terms of like outreach and social media and digitally and, and all of the, you know, Zoom is here with us still, but not necessarily a bad thing because I think it really, it really did help us out in a lot of ways too. Yeah, I thought I was way more productive when I was online. Yeah, I was running like three campaigns and doing homework and going to Zoom class. 
I mean, crazy how much time you have. You don't have to travel <laughs> places either. <laughs> yeah, no, you're just at home, Zoom call, you know. No, but I, I completely, I completely understand the approach. And I didn't know, right? DC statehood, I never brought that into perspective. You have to deal with 50 states, sometimes even international students. I don't mm-hmm. really know how to get started when it comes to international voting procedures. I don't know anything right. about that. Uh, Wow. No, that's, that's, yeah, no, when we're always learning, that's something I love about, you know, getting to do this work on a college campus. I mean, I'll have students like we, we even we will always acknowledge as leaders of the group. We don't have all the answers, of course, but we'll find the information that we need. And that's part of our role is just to be that liaison for students to make it more approachable that they can ask us and they don't have the time to go find it themselves. But like, we'll have students who will say, oh, I'm, I'm a U.S. citizen, but I lived abroad until I went to college. And now, I don't know, how do I register to vote? Where do I register to vote? You know, how do I get that documentation? And so um, it's it's really just helping students work through those questions that I, I never even would have thought to ask, but it's been totally eye-opening. Yeah, no. One thing I, I say to a lot of, beyond just running for office and voting, I say to a lot of people is we are sold convenience at every level, right? Mm-hmm. We, want, you know, we want to get from place A to B. Well, you know, you either look at public transportation and say, that's my convenience, right? That, that's my convenience. Right. Same way, if I give a student all the information, all the documentation, the rules and procedures, and exactly how to register to vote, then they're going to vote. And that's exactly, exactly what we see leaders in voting rights doing, right? We are registered. Mm-hmm. Stacey Abrams is the example I point to. She didn't reinvent a wheel. She started turning the wheel. She started giving folks information, places to be, ballot locations, ballot drop-offs, and maybe you're just dis- disabled. So we're going to help you go drop off your ballot, right? That's that's the kind of service that's required. And GU votes are doing the same thing. I mean, that's that's what that we need more of that to, to be free. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and on that note, I'm gonna ask a very simple, very, very simple question. Um, mm-hmm. it's a yes or no. If you have an if you have another answer, I'd really <laughs> love to hear it. Genuinely interesting. All right. <laughs> um is voting important? Absolutely. Um, my, my answer is yes. Yes. Let's end the show. I mean, that's it here. I know. No, I, I genuinely do. I, I really do think voting matters and voting is very important. But I will say, like I said before, I mean, young voters get so many messages being thrown at them that, you know, your vote's one of millions or it's it's yeah. young people look at the leadership in our country and they think, well, my vote actually changed how they're voting on legislation on how they're how they're doing different things. And I definitely understand that perspective because it is easy to get very cynical about, you know, why does voting matter? What is the impact of my vote? But when I think about it, I mean, on one hand, yes, voting is a really important way to influence policy, especially in local elections, because who we elect at the local level, level are the people who are making the changes to, you know, police funding or how our education system works. And so in that sense, your vote really does have an impact, but right. more symbolically, I mean, when we think about what we care about is the U.S. being a democracy, having a democratic system, voting is like that bedrock responsibility. And I think when we vote and when we vote consistently, I think of it as like you're building this habit of participation that like all your other civic engagement builds on. So voting is one tool in that toolbox you have, whether you are really passionate about like going to protest for an issue or calling your Congress people or doing other things that are about holding your leaders accountable, like voting is where that all starts. And I think when we dismiss the importance of voting, that's, you know, we're, we're losing that foundation that, that we need to have for every, everything else that young people are doing to be involved politically. Right. I, I often say it's a currency we can all afford as mm-hmm. citizens. 
Um, and and more, I mean, and, and the other side of the argument in contrast is, well, for voting, it's not the silver bullet. It's not yeah. the end all be all. It is simply the, like you said, the civic responsibility we hold that, that creates the foundation of the nation. Right. And especially at the local level, I mean, you're preaching to the choir. I worked in local politics for like, two yeah, years. I know exactly what local elections are capable of changing, um, especially, you know, I, I host a lot of candidates on the show. So so they'll talk about their their priorities for the community. And that's, I think, required. Right. To, to spread that awareness. But then again, it's not the first it's it's the first thing I recommend. But as a campaigner, I can tell you, I'll give you thousands of more jobs to do after you vote. Uh, because there's yeah. plenty of ways to get involved and GU votes is obviously one of them. Um, so I always come back to that, right? Vote, voting yeah. is central to every issue there is. Every single issue, climate change, criminal justice reform. If your leader is not acting on behalf of what you believe in, well, goddamn, you probably voted for them or you didn't vote for them. And that's why. Exactly. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, that, that's enough of that. You know, this is my inspirational <laughs> of the day. Uh, there's only one every day. So that's, I feel the quota. The perfect number. Yeah. Um, let's talk about states like Georgia. Texas, sure. Right. Voter suppression laws. Again, feel free to speak freely. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Georgia passing Senate Bill 202 or Texas now also targeting, you know, women's reproductive rights in addition to voting rights restrictions? Thoughts on gerrymandering, you know, communities being isolated, and we've seen that historically as a trend um, in this country, right? So, so just you know, walk me through how you're responding as a citizen, as a young person entering the workforce, as a student right now. You know, just walk me through how you're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's so concerning to see, um, particularly the voting rights legislation that occurred right after the 2020 election, because what we saw is that the groups that had record turnout, be that minority voters, young voters, were, were being targeted now by these new restrictive laws. And so you can see how politicized it is that that people who felt like they, they lost because of this turnout now want to turn around and, and restrict those who might vote them out of office when really these officials need to be changing their policies, not trying to change who the voters are. Um, and, and so, of course, you know, that's that's very concerning. And it's often hard to know what we can do. The other thing that we really had talked about a lot, I know as an organization with you votes too, is the false narratives about voter fraud that like underlie a lot of the like restrictive voter rights laws. Because what we know is that there was no evidence of widespread voter voter fraud after the 2020 election. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let me tell you this from from a Californian perspective, you know, shout out to all the Californians who listen on mm -hmm. the show. We just went through a recall. I had Larry Elder screaming voter fraud before the election even happened. Exactly. And and I got the results today. They were certified literally today. The same amount, 61.9% voted for Governor Gavin Newsom back in 2018. It was the same percentage of voters that voted to keep him in this 2021 recall. So it, exactly. was, it was insane that they were calling, you know, voter legitimacy, voter fraud. That's a, that's a very partisan tactic. It's so, yes, so and petty. It's it's so it's petty. so concerning too because yeah. it just undermines trust in in elections and in you know the very act of voting which yeah it's it's so unproductive and you know I see we see it happening with gerrymandering too which is happening in, in a lot of legislatures I know it's an issue in Texas for me personally it's concerning in in Tennessee as well I know the Tennessee state legislature right now is considering splitting the district that Nashville is in into multiple districts which would end up um, Nashville is one of the two um, Democrats 
districts currently represented by a Democrat in Congress and splitting that vote could mean that our representation gets gets split and we may not have a Democratic representative in Congress anymore. So personally, um, as someone who who votes for the Democratic candidate, it's it's concerning to see this happening and in, in terms of trying to, you know, split that vote in Nashville. And I know that kind of gerrymandering is happening um, in places across the country. That happens. I know. I've got to, I yeah. need to go back home and start lobbying my legislators. But yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to I was going to turn to then because, you know, you, you think about this and it's like, well, well, what do I do? Like, what what power do I actually have to, to change these laws that are being passed? And I mean, it's it's hugely daunting. But like you said, I mean, at the local level, it's incredible the groups that are involved. I mean, Fair Fight just won, of course, with Stacey Abrams in Georgia, like you mentioned. She's I mean, we she's like our dream speaker for, for G votes. So if we if we had have her on campus, yeah, that would Stacey, be Stacey, if you're listening to this, hey, come to Georgetown. <laughs> No, don't come to Georgetown. Come to the new voting project, and then okay, I'll and then Georgetown. Georgetown. And <laughs> we'll then get her Georgetown. All right, right, right. But there's so many great advocacy groups, um, even smaller ones that we may not and, have heard about nationally. Andrew Goodman Foundation. Hey, that's absolutely. That's I have every vote counts campus vote project. Students lead students vote. Vote.org. I could mm-hmm. go on. It's a laundry list of organizations that work together and build coalitions to preserve voting. Yeah, and even the ACLU, the, right? Who's pre- preserving right. at the legal level? And the great thing now too about the fact that you know we're so much more connected virtually, I think, than we've ever been before. I'll see. I'll get emails from groups that are saying, you know maybe you don't live in Virginia, but if you're really passionate about this, you can help phone bank to call Virginia voters. You know, you can, you can help you get out the vote in these other ways. So, I mean, even if you're living somewhere where you're like, well, I'm, I'm not really concerned about my local issue. Maybe you live in an area where you're not concerned about your voting rights being restricted. There's, there's so much you can do even for places across the country. If, if you're really passionate and wanting to get involved, which is awesome. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, and I kind of want to close on a question I ask every guest that comes on the show, which is what is your advice, your recommendation for, for the next generation? Gen Z, you're Gen Z, right? I, I so. am. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, and I, again, just as a disclaimer, as always, I don't know what Gen Z means. I was told it refers to our generation. I don't know what it means. Who knows? How it was made. What the <laughs> hell is the Z for? I get the gen part. Right. Why can't I couldn't be tell you? Or Gen K. Hey, I mean, I'm okay. Not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but what is your advice to, to folks like me? Almost, you know, we have the ability to vote now or folks, 16, 17 year olds who are waiting, who are trying to be engaged, or maybe the alienated ones, maybe the 22 year old that doesn't vote on campus. Right. What are your thoughts? What are your advice for us being the graduating class of voters Right, who are going to mm-hmm. change the next decade in this country, hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope so. And I mean, even, I mean, to start out with, for those who are too young to vote, I mean, what I always think is you're never too young to stay educated about the issues you care about and what's affecting your community. And I think the way that I honestly got interested in politics was through, you know, mock government programs in high school, through youth and government, through Model UN, through all of those programs. And it really, opened my eyes to like, what can we do practically speaking to, to have an impact in our local communities? And I think even starting there is so awesome um, for high school students who, who maybe aren't able to vote yet. And I know even like some 
in a more like actual government sense, some boards of um, education or other local youth councils have ways for, for students to get involved. So definitely look for that, even if you are not old enough for, to vote yet. And for all of those who are, you know, to finally turning 18, this really is the moment to get involved. We've got midterms right around the corner. Um, the very least you can do is to vote, but if you can volunteer for a campaign, to do all those other things you were talking about, because like you said, voting is not the silver bullet, but it is that starting point for all of us, I think. Um, and it's really exciting because I do think that youth are especially aware of how important it is at this moment due to things like the COVID pandemic, due to all these other, you know, really big issues that are opening our eyes to, to how much it matters to be involved um, in politics. Um, and then I would also just say a general advice to everyone is, and especially to those who, who maybe think why vote anymore, is that change doesn't happen overnight. And it's a hard thing to be patient. But when we are persistent and committed, I think those are two attributes that really um, will take you far in terms of political engagement. Because, you know, voting in one election, maybe it's not the outcome you want. You work on a campaign and, and the candidate doesn't win. That's really hard. But in order to actually make a difference on all the issues we care about, we have to stay in this for the long run because it really is a lifetime of work. And, and I think we can see change in our lifetime, but it takes that patience and determination and persistence. And I think young people have it in them to, to have that resilience and to say, you know what, like it's our time, it's our generation. And even if it doesn't happen tomorrow, it will happen in our futures and, and we're gonna make it happen. So, you know, stay in the game. And uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Right, there yeah. really are so many people doing the work already. Yeah. And the one thing I'll address there is I'll get calls, you know, and I'll be on calls with like city council members, very, very like local, local electeds. And they'll tell me, you know, if you come to me when I'm deciding the city budget or if I'm deciding the police budget or police oversight committee, if you come to me the day before, right, if you procrastinate and come mm -hmm. to me the day of the city council meeting or the day before, I can't do much because that thing has taken two years. Exactly. Years if I'm talking about a city plan or a climate action plan that or a development that was proposed and zoned five years ago was starting now and you're now just realizing it's going to increase your traffic and your kid can't get to school, you know, in, in 20 minutes. Well, you should have came to me then, right? And it's not to say we blame people for, for, for not having, you know, folks are busy, folks are tired, folks are working, right? Folks are dealing with the pandemic, but mm -hmm. avenues to get involved, GU votes. There are. And even if it's one thing, just to be showing up for that one thing, like consistently, like you said, some policies are years in the making. And, you know, even if you're showing up now and it's not high on the agenda, what you're saying to a local council member or to, to some other representative could make a difference down the line in a way you don't even realize. So it's, it's, you know, like you said, I know that, that time and resources are so limited for all of us, but it's, it's those little things and being consistent about it that can really can make all the difference. Yeah. hundred percent. No. And thank you. Thank you so much for that. How can, um, you know, viewers stay updated on what you do with GU votes. If you want to link your socials, this is about time. This is the only time you get to promote <laughs> so so use it wisely yeah no absolutely i mean if students are interested in gu votes they can find us on instagram at gu votes um on all platforms i would also plug again you mentioned the andrew goodman foundation and for people who haven't heard of that it is a national voting rights group that works with students on tons of college campuses they actually just launched a specific um program working which with um historically black colleges and universities which is really cool um and just a whole wide range of colleges so if you're about to be a college student or are currently a college student, definitely um, 
check them out too. I believe they're just at Andrew Goodman Foundation or you can find their website because if they don't have a chapter on your campus, they're probably interested in expanding to your campus. So um, never hesitate to get in touch and they will provide, they can provide stipends, they provide activity budgets to schools. So if you're you know needing the resources, needing the advice to actually start something like GU Votes, um, they have tons of knowledge and and resources. So I'll, I'll plug them even more than I plug us because they really have got it going on and and have the the knowledge and like I said the resources to really make things happen on um, on college campuses. Yeah, the one caveat to that is you now um, must follow me back on Twitter. Big on Twitter, of course. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, please do follow at GU Votes and the Andrew Goodman Foundation. Got several several of, of my close friends that work with the Andrew Goodman Foundation. Great work they do, nonpartisan. Um, and and no, but again, thank you so much for coming on the show. To appreciate the insight, the time. I know you're a college student, super busy. Uh, but, but thank you. I think most folks will will find it helpful to understand how important it is to vote from from somebody who is Gen Z, right? That yeah, students students got to lead students. I'm telling you. Uh, exactly. But no, thank thank you so much, and uh, I do wish you the best of luck on your senior thesis. Uh, <laughs> And, 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 and of course, your, your future endeavors. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Best of luck with your senior year as well. Oh, man, don't even remind me. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Peace.